doing the second part of our summer series. Thank you. We're going to ask questions. Uh, real answers, real questions, and real insights. We collected things from people in our church family. Um, some of them, and perhaps the most of the ones that I chose, are people from multiple people in one way or another. And when you say yes to follow Jesus, and you say yes to to follow, you will start having all kinds of questions because you find out Jesus does not do things the way most people do. He doesn't teach us to do things the way most of the world teaches us to have. And he simply reads in the the New Testament, in the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, if you, if you read them, you say many questions, right? Really? What? 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 Huh? Uh, I don't think you want to get into that. But being around dedicated Jesus followers will do it too. Being around Christians. Okay, I know. I've been, I've, I've been in church almost 60 years. Said almost because although I am 15 years old, I didn't go right after I was born. My parents waited a few days. But I have been around church people all my life, and trust me, they certainly make me ask a lot of questions. I grew up hearing people saying that the fruit of the Holy Spirit speaks to them. To be honest with you, to me that was a little mysterious. But I was growing up, what does the Holy Spirit sound like? Does it sound like more than three? Get 
vision of a man of Macedonia. We've heard of Macedonia, at least we're talking about Macedonia, the northern area of Greece. Man of Macedonia, Annie and Benjamin come over to Macedonia and help us. Paul had a vision. I don't know how the first, the first two times, we don't know how the Holy Spirit stopped him. We don't know what he did. People have all kinds of theories, and most of them just made you smile. They, they fall into the mysterious, mystical, I guess, mistaken process. And anyway, they just use stuff. Um, but Paul has a vision. That's my, one of my verses. After Paul has seen the vision, they got ready at once to leave for Macedonia. Concluding that God has called us to preach the gospel to them. Um, we need to go to the captain, obviously. Not here, not here, please go there. Oh, I don't even know if it's a good one. I wish my decisions were down in peace. By the way, in Troas, we put out the few sales straight for Samothrace. The next day, we went on to Minneapolis. They did what they knew they were supposed to. They went. Now, I think that may be a part of the issue, and I, I just want to point that out. You, you don't want to ask God a question unless you're really ready to deal with the answer. Well, they didn't take it. True. They did what they were told. They didn't go where they weren't supposed to go. They saw the vision of God's presence. That's it. the Old Testament, the first thing is chapter 3. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare, and there were not many visions. Well, that's not familiar. So let me introduce you to the new characters in the story. It's Samuel, who was a, uh, a child born to a mother, a woman who begged God for a baby. And God gave her the baby. And Eli was the high priest, the, the head of the worship. And sacrifices in the whole system of the Old Testament at that time. And in those days, it was rare for God to speak. He was quiet. Nobody, they didn't have. Even if you're looking in the Bible right now, and you're thinking, well, there's all oh, those stuff in front of 1 Samuel. Well, there's two things you need to know about the way the Bible's arranged. It's not arranged chronologically. But this is all this stuff in front of 1 Samuel doesn't mean that it even happened yet. And some of it hasn't been written down yet. And even the things that have been written down yet were not readily available. Not everybody had it. And most people, like over 90% of the people, couldn't read even if it was available. So basically, if nobody stood up and said, this is what God says, most people had to 
our prayer. His word. Now listen. Yeah, I want to point out something. This is a common misconception. This is really obvious. It doesn't matter if you're talking about God or about people. No matter who speaks, it takes time and practice to develop this listening skill. Now, most of us have to talk well to now. I shouldn't say that. I am um, the president of the club of those who have to fight thinking about what he's going to say while the other person is talking, but that really just means they're going to be quiet so I can pull out on them. I am the best time It was a real shock the first time I realized that. Seriously. So, listening means I need listening and thinking about what you're saying and not what I want to say. Oh. You know, it takes a lot of practice to learn. Delicious. And then to ask intelligent questions. It's like, huh? What did you say? Now, we talked about you know, eyes getting dim. I'm pretty sure my ears are getting dim. I hate that. There's only so far as you can see the secrets before you blow them out. Um, and the other is, that is making conversations really strange. Well, I'm sorry, what did you say? Did you repeat that? Practice. It takes time and practice to develop your listening skills. And we need to invest, this is this application time, we need to invest time and effort to learn how to hear the Spirit's voice. The answer to this question, how can I learn to hear the Holy Spirit's voice? Involves the private spiritual disciplines of silence, meditation, Bible study, and prayer. You may already study the Bible or read the Bible and, and pray, but you need to alter your approach if you want to hear the Holy Spirit in your heaven. If you haven't had hearing the Holy Spirit, you need to alter your approach to hear the Holy Spirit's voice. I read this this week, and it's really challenging. Prayer is not an occasional exercise to which you turn now and then. I would, I would go on to say, it's very kind of an exercise you do every morning, or before every meal, or whenever you show up at church, or whatever. Uh, it, it's not some spiritual exercise. It is a life attitude. It is the will to cooperate with God in your total life. I don't know what God wants you want. What well, other people need. There's nothing wrong with that. That is part of prayer. But ultimately, prayer ought to be an attitude that says, I want to cooperate with you, God. And whatever you're doing, every day of my life, I want to be in line with that. I want to cooperate with you on that. And to get to that place, we need to learn listening skills. And no matter who it is who's speaking, it takes time and practice to develop your listening skills. So, I want to give you some uh, 
that's all you're worried about. So I'm going to look a way to learn how to make them put all these here. Okay? Uh, you can follow those suggestions. I've done most all of these, so uh, I, I can recommend them even. Okay? Uh, the truth is surrender your will. So we might as well get the hard one first. Uh, this is where you can get your head in the night, and you're not sure which way to go. Right, left, north, south, up, down. You know, you're, you're, what am I supposed to do? Surrender your will. You know what you want to do. Now you might be into the time. You know what you want. You just have to tell you it might be wrong. Which is okay. We're all like that. So here's the surrendering your will part. Here's a script regarding the Gethsemane. Not my will, but your will. Or in other words, you can pray that. It's King Jesus, I want your will, your way, your time. Your will, your way, your time. And so every time you start thinking about this, the decision that needs to be made, you start praying, and you know what you want, and what you want starts to come up, and you almost want to want to suggest to God this is really a good idea, and you've got to go this way. I want your will, your way, your time. Now, the good news is, sometimes, God wants what you want. But if prayer is not an attitude of cooperating with God, there also will be times where you have to address what you want. And that's what the surrender is. Your will, the one prayer is about. It's saying, Your will, your way, your time. Now, that's not something you can do just once. Jesus prayed three times. Now, that's not the magic number. I just said he did that to let us know that he takes time, he takes repetition. To really, really, really get to the place where there's no holding back, where there is absolutely nothing. I, I, I know I used to want this, but really, when I'm telling you guys that I want your will, your way, and your time, I need it. If it's this, fine. If it's not this, fine. I believe that whatever you want for me is better for me than anything I would think of. Surrender your will. And that's one fast is praying. Fasting from food is one thing. Also, sometimes it's helpful to fast from uh, other things like media. It takes take up a huge amount of time, so instead of spending whatever time it takes on Facebook, um, I personally have an app filler on my phone and my tablet. Facebook, Facebook Page Manager, Twitter, and LinkedIn, my four social media things. They're only two hours a day that they even have on my phone. Because, well, 
people that you have to build up for your feet. So I'm not going to help you prevent all your mistakes. So be careful when you jump up and say, Like, you might have a turn next to you going, you were talking to your feet, that wasn't God. That. This idea is real with what the Spirit says in the Bible. God will not tell you to do something or to make a decision that doesn't line up with what He says in the Bible. So, this is another one of those rocky things that I've heard. I, I, I heard this lady do this, okay? She, she just abandoned her family. Ran off with another man because God wanted her to be happy. Really? Where do you find that in the Bible? God doesn't say, I really want you to be so happy, so ignore everything I told you about how we got off. You know that thing about loving your neighbor? I didn't really mean that, but it might make you really happy that. And then some of us are going, well, what, how will I know what the Bible says? Study it. Read it. That's how we know. But this idea that you say that I think that's probably you that you line up with what the Bible says. Does this idea match what the Spirit teaches is right? Every one of us has within us thanks to God's Holy Spirit and some kind of a moral compass. If we do not have a moral compass, we would back, be back to the law of the jungle. Where big guys beat up little people and get whatever they want. When I was younger, that might not have been a bad idea. Now I'm an old guy. My son gets that And I don't like that idea. So, God gives us a moral compass, so He gave us, if we tell my children, God told me to kill five people this afternoon. No, He did not. Please check in. Please. Okay? Because that's not God talking to you, and that's just weird. So, in first thing, if you line up with the Bible, say you can line up with our moral compass that God put in us and the Spirit teaches us to have. And the third question is, is this idea match what Jesus is doing in my life and in my world? Is it lining up with helping people experience a growing relationship with Him and His people? If it does not help people experience a growing relationship with Jesus, why would you have me waste my time on it? Telling me to do something, 
doesn't line up with what he truly is trying to bring people into a relationship with him and helping other people to connect with him and with his church, then you know it's probably a little time if you do something else. The fourth question is, does this idea connect with the way the Spirit teaches us to think? God teaches us to think. He wants us to think. He created us to think.
also begin to see the beauty and goodness of God everywhere. And we'll stop seeing all the fault and mistakes and all of those things that frustrate us about people. Because we start seeing people with all that stupidness. Not ours. But opening this spirit choice was where we begin to see the pride and the poor. Beauty and the lost. We need Jesus. The people do. We need this love. And we'll stop listening to gossip and unkind words and we'll stop doing those things because we'll be more concerned about helping the people that Jesus came to help than we will be about getting rid of our anger or whatever it is that we're doing. We can't expect if we experience, to experience if we learn to listen to the Spirit. Well, we will discover how to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love others the way that Jesus does. We'll begin loving each other with a love that's just unexplainable. Not only will we feel good about each other, which, you know, for, well, for people, that we struggle with all the time and things that have that miracle happen to some things. But we will treat each other like we love each other. Listening to the Holy Spirit's voice means it's not necessarily for me to both hear me speak doesn't mean to produce a whole lot of mistakes and misrepresentations and, and questions about us. All of these factors are one point. Please think about taking the time to practice and learning a good listening spirit. We need to stop doing that. I don't know, you're used to a Sunday afternoon nap, you're quiet for five minutes, it's hard for you to be sitting in your nap. But Sometimes things just be quiet and silent, and I can see things that are frustrating. Just to see them. That's the things we develop in this spirit. Let's pray. It's a pretty possible way for people to respond to the message, and if you would like, you can check with one of those or more.